You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. If you'll notice the text of Romans 12, 1 and 2 is a church text. And what I mean by that is that when Paul penned it, he penned it specifically for saints of God. People that were born again. People that first and foremost recognized that they were born into sin. And knew that the wages of sin was death. But chose the alternative. Because Romans 6 and 23 says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. And so they wanted the gift of God instead of death. And when it comes to the gift of God, according to James 1 and 17, God gives good, beneficial, a perfect gifts. Perfect being gifts that will complete you, make you better. And so, in order for people to come from being sinners to saints it takes asking God to forgive you for your sins and then you repent repent means to basically change your lifestyle you stop sinning let me make it a little more plain you stop telling lies and start telling the truth you stop cursing folk out and just talk to folk even if you tell them off tell them off without using four ladder a curse words. And you start living according to the written word. And then you pray, and once God tells you, uh, sends you to a church, you start living by not only the written word, 
but the reveal of the proclamated word. Because when you come from being a sinner to a saint, you're going to have to learn a new way of living. I know there are folk that are in church that still live the same way they live for they became a dick. But you have to live according to the written and revealed will of God. And that's how you become a saint. Saint is not someone that wears certain things. A saint is someone that has made the choice of Leaving behind sin for the righteousness of God. And so, again, he was writing to the brethren of the church. He wanted the brethren to understand that, yeah. I, I know you done received Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. I know you're praying now. But there's still something I need you to do if you're going to be in the will of God the way you need to be. See, see it's, it's a wonderful thing when, when you go from being a sinner to a saint. But you can't stop that. that that's the problem with a lot of folks that is that they, they come into church, they repent. They go from being a sinner to a saint. But the Bible says that we ought to grow. We have to grow in Christ. We start out as a babe, but we don't need to stay a child. Matter of fact, the, the Hebrew writer got upset with the church because that there were folks that he knew should have been more mature, but were still acting like they just got saved. And you have that in church. You, you have folk that have been in church a long time but still act like they just became a part of the ministry. Naturally, it wouldn't look right for you to be 25 and still talking Baby talk. How you doing? You do good too. That's how baby talk. And so spiritually, it just doesn't look right for you to be in the church 
but still acting like a baby. Wouldn't look right for you to keep repeating the first grade. Who is that? That's the student teacher. No, she's still in the first grade. That ain't the student. How long has she been in the first grade? It's been a while. She just don't want to do right. Because as free moral agents, it's a choice. You have to choose to grow. You have to choose to do certain things. See, see, some folks would have you believe that God is just going to do everything. But that's not Bible. That there are certain things that we have to do as Christians in order to grow. God come down here and do that. But he ain't going to do that because in the word he told you to do it. Yeah, he saved you. Yeah, he redeemed you. But, but he's not going to do everything for you. He's not your maid, your butler. He's not that type God. And so Paul knew that, that though they had been born again, though they had been redeemed, that there was still something that they needed to do. Still some things that they needed to put into action. Specifically, when it comes to the text, he knew they needed to be transformed. But before he even dealt with them being transformed, and before I even deal with it, he put emphasis on what he did not want them to do. And, and I'm going to have to deal with it too, and it's going to get a little touchy. Woo! It's going to get a little touchy in here. He, he said to them, be not conformed to this world. See, see because the world or uh, uh, the present generation has some things going on that are enticing. Yeah, it's, it's some things that, that church folks are curious about that are taking place in the world. Some go from just being curious to tasting, touching, and doing some of the things that are in the world. You know, I've been in the church a long time. I wonder what it is to, to go to a strip club. 
You know, only dancing. I done seen I been in the church. I, I wonder what, it, what, what they do it in the club. And see, Paul knew that some of them were curious and some had even got to the point to where they had started tasting. And, and see, John described the world and, and he described it in a way to well, when you think about what he said, it actually is a good example of our society. He said all that is in the world. Is the lust. Of the eye. Ain't it something that you look at it. You be like ooh. You want to keep looking. Oh. Come on now. I got to get some real folk around here. I mean, I mean, brethren, if you like women, there are some women you can feast your eyes on. Got to make your mind start. Sisters say, well, there are some men too that you put your eyes on. You'll just start. Yeah, I know men say that women fine, but that we know some fine men too. Some of y'all looking like you don't like me talking about this in church. I'm going to talk about this. Because it's Bible. All that is in the world is the lust of the eye. And, and you have to be careful because it's something you see with your eye that you know they wrong. But you be like. Whoo. Yeah. The lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh. You you can look at things on TV and you can start desiring to want to be a part of certain things that you just now this just TV. This ain't even in person. You just on TV. You turning the channel, all of a sudden, they, they, you see where they having a party somewhere. Lord. Jesus. Say to your neighbor, he's telling the truth. Because it doesn't happen to 
John said, all that is in the world is the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. See, the devil, who is the prince of the world, knows how to entice us. Devil is no fool. Don't, don't ever think the devil is a fool. Now, the devil going to hell with the rest of the folk that choose to go to hell, but don't you ever think the devil don't know what he's doing in reference to causing folk to be led in contrast to God. Especially when you consider that the Bible says that there are two roads, that there is a, there is a straight and narrow road, and there is a broad road, a wide road. And say said, many going to be headed down the wide or the broad road. But only few going down the narrow road. The narrow road is the road going to heaven. The wide road is the road going to hell. Devil knows how to get folk on that road. I know he do because I used to be on it. And some of you know that the enemy knows how to get folks on the road because you used to be on the road and you knew that road real well. Now you're quiet on me. He says, be not conformed to this world. And breaking it down, he, he did not want them following the example of the world. Paul would be shocked if he seen the present day church. Because the church... Uh, some churches, I should say, have more worldliness than holiness. Some churches don't even pray anymore. It's more of a social club than a house of God. And, and see, Jesus was a Paul... When he seen folk selling doves and doing other things in the church to the point to where he ready to fight. Jesus wouldn't fight. Yes, he would. Jesus, when you when you in a church turning over tables, somebody well folks ain't set it up. Hey, you fight. You 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 upset with what they're doing. He was turning over the tables and telling folk off. Some of y'all ain't even read your Bible. This is in the Bible. He, he turned over the tables and, and said to them folk, Hey, it is written that my house shall be called a house of prayer, a worship. Let them know this is for worship. This ain't for socializing. This ain't for you to come in here trying to fill up your pockets. This ain't for you coming in here trying, trying to do what you do outside these four walls. This is God's house. 
It upset him when he saw what was taking place in the church. Well, see, the world had, had, had started entering back then, but it showed entering now. And, and the sad thing is folks think it's all right. It's something wrong. It's something wrong when you decide to, on New Year's Eve, you get ready to bring a New Year, you move all the pews to the side and turn where you normally worship God into a club. But churches do that. Is something wrong with that? I don't see nothing wrong with it. Well, that's because you are okay with the example of the world. Well, see, Paul told him, you, you cannot be conformed. You cannot be like the world. You're in it, but don't be like it. You go to the same places or some of the same places, but you should act like they act when you go down. They cut a fool when they go to the mall. You shouldn't act no fool when you go to the mall. Am I right? He didn't want them to be conformed to the world. Now, when we were coming up, they used to tell us, yeah, you don't go to the game. You don't go here, there, and so forth because that's the world. But see, the Bible didn't say that. The Bible is clear. We, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. See, when I came up in the church, it, it was wrong to go on a vacation. So when I finally understood the Bible, I had a whole lot of catching up to do. I hadn't seen no ocean. I hadn't seen no desert. I hadn't seen anything because it was wrong. But then I got to think, how in the world God create all this and, I, and we ain't supposed to see it? Psalm 24 and 1 say, the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. Why in the world can't we see it if he created it? He created it for these sinners? No. I'm going to go to the beach, but I ain't going to get nude like them. You understand what I'm saying? You're going to have certain things like the world, but you're not going to do things like the world. Stay beside a sinner. But you ain't having no wild parties like your neighbor. You know they're doing wrong in the third house on the left in your neighborhood. But you are not doing wrong and you're in the second house to the left in your neighborhood. You have to understand that. You can look good, but, but you ain't looking good because you're trying to do a little something, something. You ain't got the business doing. You looking good because you should look 
good. But see, we, we are in a day and time to where when, when folks look at the world, they love the pattern to the point to where they start thinking, talking, and acting like it. That should never be the case for saints of God. You should, you should have your lifestyle so together to where sinners look at you. And say, you know what? That's how I need to live right there. Man, how in the world he driving that and he ain't selling no dope. He ain't doing nothing crooked. That's the type of life I need to live. But you have saints that are more impressed with sinners. Man, you know he got such. Yeah, but he killing young folk. With the stuff he peddling. And you talking about what he got. So he didn't want them like the world, period. And because the text is bigger than Paul, it was canonized, God does not want us following the example of the world. Go to the mall, but you don't steal at the mall. Was that wrong? Maybe I ought to say go to the mall, but don't cut a fool at the mall. Some of y'all folks be like, what that mean, cut a fool? <laughs> don't get to acting crazy when you get there. So he told them, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. This is what I want you to get right here. Be transformed. Literally, to be transformed is to be formed across. That's what it literally means, to be formed across. To be formed is to be made. Across means throughout or all over. So when he told them to be transformed, he wanted them to be made all over. He wanted them to go through a complete change. I want everything to change about you. I, I want it when, when, when folk look at you. That they'll know that you done went through a complete change. They'll know that you have totally distinct thinking. Totally distinct talking. And totally distinct acting when it comes to how you used to be. Totally different. Totally. That's what he wanted. 
He wanted them to be made completely over. And see, some, some folks had not got that yet. Yeah, I'm in the church now, but you know, I still look. But God don't want you to steal. He wants you to be completely made over. I'm in the church now. I'm not perfect. He know, God knows you're not perfect. Everybody else knows you're not perfect. But he still wants you to be different. In reference to how you used to. See, see, the problem in the church is, is when you have folks uh, that when they look at you, as well as folks, well, folks in the church and outside the church, when they look at you, they say, you know what, that boy ain't changed. He ain't changed. And then you have some saying, but I'm just trying to fit in. No, you just ain't changed. You ain't really saved. You, you, you doing the hallelujah thing in church. You doing the amen thing in church, but you ain't changed. Because if, if you go through a complete change, folk going to be able to tell in the church and outside of the church. If you no longer worldly, folk going to be able to tell in the church and outside of the church. And it's going to be bigger than what folk used to look for. Folk used to just look for clothes. And, and that, that was kind of wrong because they expected saints to look bad. Raggly suits. Raggly shoes. Women 25 looking like they were about 60. She 25, yeah. She, how that girl looked that? Well, you know, she in the church. They, that's how she. See, some of y'all don't remember this, but some of, some of us do. You have to change. You have to change. You hear me? I don't see nothing wrong with well, that's you. That's you. But even when it comes to the to the Bible, the Bible called holiness beautiful. <laughs> holiness in the Bible is described as beautiful in one sense. What what is that saying to us? God wants us to be our best in appearance, or basically inwardly and out. We are an example. We got to let folk know that our God is a great God and he takes care of his children. When folk look at you, they need to want to be saved. But, but when you got folk in the church that look at a drug dealer that, that want to be like that, something wrong with that picture. Something wrong with that. Oh, when you in the church, but you want to be more like the world than God, there's something wrong with you. Well, it ain't cool to be church. Yes, it is. You just don't know how. Woo, that kind of didn't 
set well with some of us. You hear me? Be ye transformed. How? Your mind. Your mind. Your mind has to be renewed. Get this. The core meaning of renew is to improve the condition of. I need to improve my attitude. Because your mind has to do with your attitude. I need to improve my behavior, my beliefs, my opinions. Everything in reference to my mind, which is which when it comes to the mind, the primary thing in reference to the mind, the root meaning is thinking. When it comes to mind, the root meaning of mind is thinking. But when you get when, when you start thinking, what comes into play? Your views, your opinions, your beliefs, your attitude, and so forth. So we have to be re. I got to improve the way I feel about certain things. You know, a certain thing when I look at that's just the grade. I don't like that no more. That's that's the grade. What I'm? Why, why you say it's the grade? Now you didn't use that like, because I'm improving my mind. Oh, so you don't believe that you used to believe? Hey, I don't believe that no more because. I'm improving my mind. A renewing is taking place. Well, you know, I know he in the church, but he ain't changed. Well, he, he ain't saved, right? Some of y'all get offended when I say that. It's supposed to be a different. You, you ain't supposed to be thinking like you used to think when you was in the world. Ain't nobody telling you to be all deep because that ain't no better. When you're trying to act like you're at church all the time, you you on your job acting like you're at church. That ain't how God told you that. <laughs> hey, did you get that wood? Ooh, I'm gonna get it in a minute. I'm just meditating right now. God, that no. You wait till you get to church to do that. Get that wood, cause that's what you're supposed to be doing on your job. You just act right on your job and don't act like no sinner. Just like, I, just like uh, it was uh, somebody I mess around and just pull up on in the church. And the time I pull up, I like to scare them to death because they oh, God, I got to straighten up now. <laughs> but what they didn't know, I was just looking at them for about five minutes. And I was just like, man. He acting just like he's still a sinner. And soon as he recognizes I'm here, they ain't trying to act right. Like the preacher here. <laughs> but see, you, ha- you have to be to the point to where whether the preacher there or not, you're going to do the right thing. Because <laughs> the preacher ain't got no heaven or hell to put you in. How I many understand? See, I do right because I like doing right. Yeah. 
Am I perfect? Of course not. I mess up. Do you? But I have chose to be saved. I have chose because God done made my life better. You hear me? Have you made your life better? In how many aspects? Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. I got to improve my mind. That you may prove. I'm getting ready to close it. That you may prove. To prove is to is basically to know. That you may prove. That you may know. And understand. To prove. To know and understand. Which equates wisdom. That you may prove or be wise when it comes to, get this, the will of God. There's only one will when it comes to God. But I love what Paul did because Paul, if you'll notice, he broke down the will of God because he really wanted them to grasp or understand what he was telling them. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove or be wise when it comes to the good. Acceptable and perfect will of God. Not three wheels, one wheel, but he broke it down. Good. He wanted them to know that, look, when it comes to God's will, there are benefits. Good equates benefits. When it comes to his will, there are benefits. But if you're thinking like a sinner, if you're not where you need to be, you won't See the benefits. You, you'll be surprised of saints that don't even pray, pray the way they need to pray because they don't see the benefits in pray. I'm talking about saints in here. That's where he was talking to the brother. He said, you need to know what is the good. You need to know about the benefits of the will of God. It's, it's some of us, you can't say that uh, you pray every day. And one reason you don't pray every day, or you may just miss several days not praying, you don't see the benefits in praying. And so what that says about you is that you, you need to be renewed. You need to be changed. There are benefits in praying. I can't. And when I told somebody, I said, I had missed praying uh, in 30-something years every day. Woo, pastor, that's a, hey, I know the benefits of it. I ain't going to leave no house and I ain't pray. I ain't going to be in no store and, and, and thinking about purchasing something and not pray. I know the benefits of prayer. By show of hands, how many know the benefits of prayer? I ain't going to get on that plane without praying. Oh, you driving? I'm sure going to pray before I get in the car with you. Because I know the benefits of what? Prayer. He said that you may prove that you may know 
What is the good? You got to know the benefits of God's way. It's folks will put the doctor before God because they don't understand the benefits of God's will. Then he said the acceptable. And see the best way to understand the acceptable is is to understand the the antithesis of, of acceptable which is reject. You remember how God accepted Abel's offering, but he rejected Cain's offering. But let's take it further. He rejected Saul, but then he accepted David. And and what was so mind-boggling about that? David sinned many more times than Saul when you look in Scripture. But he still accepted David Instead of Saul. And so when it comes to the will of God, we have to be to the point to where we know what God is going to accept and what he's going to reject. And if folk in here, you ain't learned that yet because you every Sunday you bring a Cain offering. God said bring him his tithes and offering, but you still bringing a Cain offering. And God didn't accept Cain's offering. He told, he said, hey, Cain, you got an example. Your little brother. Do what your little brother doing, and I'll accept your offering. Cain got so mad at God, but knew he couldn't beat God. So kill his own brother. And so here we have the, the perfect example. If I want God to accept what I do, what I give, I got to be like Abel. I got to be like David. But if I want to get up on a curse and God reject me, I just follow Saul. Or I follow Cain. And see, that's what he wants us to know when it comes to his will. That's how Paul broke it down. He said, look, you need to know the acceptable will. But again, you have folk in here that you still bringing that Cain offering. Wonder why cursings are taking place in your life. You bringing that Cain offering. Now some of us, don't go to Genesis yet. Don't go there yet. Some of us are ready to read it right now. But, but when you get time, read about what Cain brought to God and how God rejected it. But what Abel brought and God accepted it. And then finally he talks about The perfect will of God. What is it that's going to cause me to become who God ordained for me to be? What is it going to take for me to be in the purpose that God has ordained for my life? And so when you go to scripture, you you look at people that were in the perfect will of God. Like Paul. Paul knew this is what God has ordained for me to do. See, when you're in the perfect will of God, you can be like the Hebrew boys. You know, the the perfect will of God for us right now is not not to do what this king's saying. Even if he throws us in the fiery furnace, we know we're in the will of God. 
They, they were so in the will of God to where they told the king. They, they said, look, king, say, you, you do what you got to do because our God is able to deliver us. But this is when you knew they were in the will of God. When, when they turned around and told the king, he said, but king, if he don't deliver us, guess what? We still ain't going to party you. What were they in? The perfect will of God. They were in the perfect will of God. And see, you, you have to know that even in your trials, when it hurt, that you know what? I'm in the will of God. I'm in the will of God. And, and when you're in a trial but it still hurt, but you're still moving forward, that's the perfect will of God. When you can lose everything, but still say, the Lord has given and the Lord has taken away. Bless it be the name of the Lord. See, Job was in the perfect will of God. But, but see, if you don't understand the will of God, you'll be going through trials and bad can be happening. You'll be confused. You'll be wondering, oh, man, why in the world is this happening? Have I sinned? Have I did this? That? Oh, God, why did this happen? You don't know the will of God. You don't know. But when you know the will of God, bad can happen. But you'll be like, well, I know I'm in the will of God. I've been praying. I've been doing what he told me to do. I know I'm in the will of God. So God is just permitting this to happen. And that's how Job took it. And, and when Satan seen it, Satan was, Satan was taken back because he just knew the stuff he had put on Job was going to call Job to curse God. But he never did. And, and you have to understand, when you're in the complete will of God, your own family, your wife, your husband ain't going to know that you're in the complete will of God. They'll be thinking something going on with you. Joe's wife done showed up at the house after she done been talking to them women. She done had been to talking to them. <laughs> Ain't Mother's Day next week. That may be a good Mother's Day message. <laughs> no, y'all come to church. I don't know what Mother's Day message is going to be. I'm just talking. But anyway, she didn't understand Job was in the complete will of God. Because look, look at what she said to Job. She, she said, hey, you still maintaining your integrity. See, because she knew Job was still doing what he was supposed to do. What does that say? He was still in the perfect will of God. When you're in the perfect will of God, you're going to stay right there. Because you understand in your mind, the best place to be is in the will of God. But the worst place to be is well, out of the will of God. He stayed right there. He stayed right there. Right there. Right in the will of God. But she said, you still maintain your integrity? And this is what she wanted him to do. Now, now, this is just a sad text when you consider her. Curse God and die. I'm ready to start over. Curse God and God die. I'm tired of you, Job. Curse God and die. Job, I met somebody else. Can you just curse God? And I mean, there's a whole lot of implications when you 
hear what she said. But Job stayed in the will of God. He didn't slap her. No, seriously, read it. He didn't slap his wife. He didn't slap her. Brother, don't slap your wives. This is what Job told him. He said, you know what? You're talking like one of the foolish women. And this is how we knew that he was in the will of God. He, he said to his wife these words. And I'm closing with this. He said, shall we only accept good from God and not bad? Is it, how are we going to be? We're going to accept the wonderful things and, and not accept the things that's not so wonderful. See, Joe will let her know, if, if I'm truly a man of God, I'm going to give God the praise for the good and the bad. And that's talking to us, right? If we're truly people of God, we're going to give God the praise for the good and the bad. And so when you, you think about all that I have said, was Job transformed? Yes. Was the Hebrew boys transformed? Yes. Was Jesus transformed? Yes. Was Paul transformed? Yes. And so we need to be transformed. I'm going to start Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.